Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arseblog Arsecast right here on um, Arseblog. I hope you're well. It's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken, obviously, because there was no Arsecast last week because of the interlull. I was going to do one of those, uh, and I'd do my voice with all echo and reverb and make it sound all sinister, but that would be applying too much coolness to the interlull. Because everyone knows that if you put reverb and echo on, on someone's voice, it makes it much cooler. I don't want to necessarily be someone who makes the interlull cooler. Much as I am a fan of echo and reverb, and as I often say to the guys who do sound engineering if I go to do a voiceover job, you know, you could make me sound about 23% better by just adding the slightest touch of flange. You know what flange is, right? No. Not that. This is a family show. Flange is when your voice sounds a bit like this. You see? That's all flangey. That's the actual name of the effect. True. I do love me a bit of flange. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the hell you were... Oh, I do know what you were thinking. Disgusting. Truly. They very rarely listen to me, these sound engineers, which is probably a good thing, which is why they're the sound engineering guys, and I'm the sit there, do what you're told, and talk into the microphone guy. Nevertheless, we've had an interlull inflicted upon us. Last week, there would have been nothing to talk about, only the Chelsea game, and I don't think anybody wanted to go over that again, did they? A week, almost a week afterwards? I know I certainly didn't. And none of the 14 people that I rang up to talk about it, none of them would do it either. And apart from that, there would have been nothing else to talk about on last week's non cast. Only the fact that there was a week ahead without any Arsenal. And it'll show you what a load of old shit international football is when we miss Arsenal so much on the back of two pretty bad results. Let's face it. Arsenal have not enthralled us in recent games. They haven't filled us with joy or happiness or, or anything other than, oh, fuck, this is awful. I'm very depressed now at what I've just seen being the West Brom game and the Chelsea game, of course. Yet that is preferable to watching international football, which will tell you everything you need to know about international football. And perhaps because international football is such a load of all bollocks, I should stop talking about it and tell you what's coming up on the show. Very shortly, Gilberto Silver from Gunnerblog.com will be here to talk about... um, Well, I don't know. We'll make it up as we go along. Uh, also, Talk Shite Radio's in there. We'll be looking ahead to the Birmingham game, the Shakhtar Donetsk game, 
two players returning to Arsenal who have left in quite different circumstances, I suppose. Uh, we'll be looking at those, the team news, and uh, some other bits and pieces, and of course the usual waffle. You know yourself. Uh, but now to fill us in on everything else that's gone on, here's Internet Joe. Well, I'm Internet Joe, and here's me 30 second roundup. I think that kind of sums it up, to be honest, a whole pile of nothing. That said, there's a lot of something in front of us. A whole pile of football to come. Uh, Two games a week at times, maybe three games in a week. So it's all good between now and Christmas. It's going to be crazy mental. And we've got to get ourselves back on track. As I said, later on, we'll be looking ahead to the Birmingham game and possibly a little bit ahead to the Shakhtar game. Only, just so we can mention you-know-who, uh, talk Shout Radio still to come as well, but now I'm joined by Gilberto Silver from GunnerBlog.com. Hello there. Hello. How have you been coping with this particular interlull? It seems to have been a very, very dull one indeed. It seems to have been one of the worst. I mean, uh, obviously I'm English and uh, we only played one game, so I didn't even have the sort of... Dist- and that was one of the dullest things I've ever seen. So there was no distraction at all. It was just seemed unending and just been sat by the laptop waiting for news of injured players. Maybe it's a good thing, though, that you only played one game if it was that bad. To be honest, yeah, I think it is. I mean, we could have played some sort of horrendous friendly or something in the other gap, but thank God we didn't. It was absolutely dreadful. Um, And, yeah, it's been one of the worst insults ever. I've actually been sort of almost not even had my eyes fully trained on it because I think if I did, they would have burnt out with boredom. Yeah, it's been bad. Ireland played two games. I didn't watch uh, much of the first one, but just, uh, just so tedious. Just so tedious. And, you know, you have to watch Robbie Keane play for your team. So. And, and miss penalties. And miss penalties. So there, are, there is a silver lining to every plan. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on from the interlull. And thankfully, it's the last one until next year. Uh, we've got some, some months without interlulls at all now, which is good. Uh, but it would have given the manager, I suppose, a bit of time. Because we, we had players who, who didn't go away, like Sesk, for example, wasn't fit enough to go away uh, with Spain, and you've got guys around the, the training ground that wouldn't normally be there. So perhaps it's given the manager a, a bit of time to regroup and, and reassess things in the wake of the Chelsea game. I hope so. I mean, there's a lot of players who we're not entirely sure of their current fitness status, but you know, the likes of, you say, Fabregas, also Van Persie, Walcott, uh, Bentner, Vermaelen, would all have been around the training ground in some form or other. Even Aaron Ramsey's now back training with the club uh, so that would have been a good period for him to sort of regroup I mean don't forget we got we went into this interval on the back of two defeats so I think that time hopefully has been put to good practice turning around some of the mistakes we've made in the last few games and getting us ready for Birmingham mm. let's uh, let's talk uh, we'll come to Birmingham shortly but let's talk about um, Sesk seeing as we mentioned in there and some of the comments uh, that have emerged today and I, I'm dubious in general, of comments and stories that emerge during international breaks, because you know the timing. There's this whole Rooney one uh, going on about his ankle, and it's quite timely in the sense that it gives the journalist something to talk about in the press conferences beforehand. And, and the Sesk one 
is an interview with a Spanish radio station. He talks about the transfer that didn't happen this summer, and, and none of it is of any news or any. Uh, it's nothing new to anybody because we know sure. we know what's happened. But he makes an interesting comment. He talks about you know uh, he likes the club and leading the team and playing football, and he says we just need to start winning titles because we have a wealth of quality. A winning mentality is missing. Now, that's an easy thing to turn around to, as I've seen in some places, and Fabregas blasts his teammates. But it is very much to the point, isn't it? Uh, do you think he's trying to just put it up to the players? Because it is something that's missing from the club. Well, I think I think all throughout this the, the summer, Fabregas spoke... Uh, with a great deal of honesty about the situation, um, he was, you know, he, he was very clear about his personal standing. I don't think that's changed now. I agree that it's very hard to read the tone of those comments, but taking them on face value, to me, he hasn't said anything out of the ordinary. He hasn't said anything that every Arsenal fan doesn't know, and indeed that Arsene Wenger hasn't said before. I think if these comments were coming from a different player, from a Thomas Vermaelen, a Robin van Persie, a Gail Clichy, you know, we must find that winning mentality. I think I see that on Arsenal.com every week. Mm. Uh, so I don't think there's much of a story in it. What's clear is that Barcelona, the club who Fabregas you know, wished to join in the summer, do have that mentality and it's clearly something that he himself aspires to and wants you know to impose upon this team but as captain I wouldn't want him to be saying anything else hmm. and I suppose it's a it's a mentality that was there when he first arrived at the club because he would have come you know at the tail end of the yeah. Invincibles and he would have he would have uh, played with players like Vieira and, and Henri and Bergkamp and, and Perez who's back training at the club uh, you know, that sort of mentality was there when he was a very young guy coming into the team, and, and clearly it hasn't been uh, present yeah. over the last few years. So, I mean, you know, there's nothing really, like you said, there's nothing really wrong with trying to get back something which is a positive. I think so. And, it, you know, the, winning is partly a cultural thing. And I think if you look at some of the other clubs who we're up against in, in this title race, uh, I think in particularly of Chelsea. At the moment, it is very much part of their team ethos. They know how to get results. I think if, even if you took Carlo Ancelotti, the manager, away from the situation, those players know what they need to do to get over the line. We saw that last season. Mm. And I think that, you know, we haven't had many players who, who have that skill naturally. And more importantly, perhaps they haven't had the experienced players there from which to inherit and learn it from. I mean, you saw when Sol Campbell came in last year, what a massive effect that had on the squad. Uh, and obviously he left in the summer and on reflection that's not necessarily a bad thing but hopefully having a guy like Perez you mentioned he's around the training ground now I think these kinds of players are important examples even if they're not part of the playing staff uh, to show the kind of mentality that we're going to need to change to win trophies um, one hopes that we can do it organically without having to buy that in one hopes that something will click switch in the minds of the likes of the DRBs but you know, there are doubts, I think, about certain individuals. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. And uh, hopefully, uh, having Perez around, you know, will show some of the younger guys what you've got to do in terms of training and looking after yourself uh, to win trophies. Um, right, one of the other things that happened in this interlull was uh, some comments from Danny Murphy. Now, Arsenal fans won't be at all uh, unfamiliar with the subject of bad tackles and, and the reluctance on on behalf of those in the media to address them, on behalf of uh, the football authorities to address them properly. And Arsene Wenger has spoken about it time and time again. And you get the ridiculous situation where 
things become uh, fact, like Wenger wants to do away with tackling when nothing could be further from the truth. Yet Danny Murphy, a, a current player, has come out and quite strongly pointed fingers at managers like Tony Pulis, Sam Allardyce, uh, Mick McCarthy, for the way that uh, their teams play football. And, and he's saying that that players, and I think we know who the players are without necessarily have to, having to name them, take their cue from the manager. And what's expected from the manager, even if nothing is actually set in stone. Nobody's saying that the managers go out and say, right, you must go kick him. And But, you know, there's the whole let him know you're there thing going on. Uh, extraordinarily brave comments for a, a guy who's still playing the game and who is likely uh, to come up against these teams this season. Yeah, I think so. And I think they're very, uh, they're very intelligent comments. And I think they're comments that are certainly have a very, a very good point to them. I mean, the, the responsibility of the manager for me is in two places. There's the first instance where, which you mentioned, which is in the dressing room before the game, the nature in which these players are riled up and sent out to get stuck into teams. And since these Danny Murphy comments came out, you know, professionals, other professionals have come out and said, yeah, you know, that's part of the language. You know, that is the way that managers, particularly from uh, British tradition, communicate. Um, and obviously that has implications when the game is played at such high speed and tackles are made so recklessly. The second part of the manager's responsibility is after the game uh, to come out and say, yes, that was unacceptable. Yes, that was a poor challenge, which, you know, in the case of someone like Carl Henry, Mick McCarthy was so loath to do for so long. And the tackles, the more he defended him, they were just getting worse and worse and worse. And it resulted in that horrendous challenge on Jordi Gomez. Now, that was always going to happen because if you don't condemn it, you are essentially condoning it. Mm. And uh, I think that for Danny Murphy to come out and say that, is an extremely, extremely positive step. One thing I do think is that Danny Murphy's manager is, is Mark Hughes uh, now, whose Blackburn side were, you know, at times one of the more physical teams in the league. So it's interesting how much he may or may not have changed his policy since moving to City and then on to Fulham. <laughs> it's a fair point, but I mean, uh, Hughes was one of those uh, managers who was outraged at a tackle by... Uh I think it was Wilkinson from Stoke on on uh, whichever Fulham player it was. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. And of course, they had Bobby Zamora had uh, his leg broken. It was the Belgian forward uh, whose name I can't remember who was tackled in a terrible manner. By Dem- Dembele. Dem- yeah, Dembele. Yeah. That's the one. And uh, Hughes Hughes came out and condemned that. I mean, you know, his his sides themselves. I mean, he had a, a Blackburn side featuring Robbie Savage. You know, they've they've got some previous, but you know. You can only judge people, I suppose, on, on what they're doing at the moment, really. But um, I, I do think that the clubs that Murphy pointed the finger at, which were Stoke, Bolton and Wol- Wolves, am I right? Yeah. Uh, Blackburn. I mean, ah, Stoke, Blackburn and Wolves. Sorry, not Bolton, not Bolton. Um, yes, Blackburn. I, I think that he, you know, he, he's going to have a rough reception when he goes down to those grounds, certainly, uh, both from the fans and probably the players. But it needs professionals to step out and say this is not acceptable because they are the ones who are most at risk here. Mm. And, you know, we we live in a world now where medicine's so fantastic. I mean, I said to you today that uh, Aaron Ramsey's back in training now and we sort of think nothing of it 
because he's back. And the same with Eduardo to a lesser extent. You know, they came back. One of these days, one of these players will not come back. The, you know, the leg will be broken in such a way that even modern medicine cannot restore them to their former capabilities. I mean, there's an argument that Eduardo never was restored to his former capabilities. Sure. And the cost is so, so high. The players themselves are putting their careers at risk if they allow this to continue. So I'm delighted that someone has chosen to speak out. And I think it's crucial as well that Murphy... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. He's an English footballer. He's not, you know, Johnny Foreigner coming over and saying, oh, I don't like all this fast English Premier League, you know, hard tackling. Because yeah, yeah. then they can just say, well, he's just adapting. He's just adapting. Danny Murphy's played in this league for a decade. You know, he's played against Roy Keane. He's played against Patrick Vieira. Uh, and he knows that now things are getting out of hand. So I think it's a very progressive thing and a very positive thing for the league. Mm. Well, let's hope it's not just, you know, a once-off and that, uh, that some others uh, follow his lead. Uh, fair play to him. Let's look ahead to the weekend. Birmingham... Um, are a decent team, a much improved team under Alex McLeish. Uh, it won't be an easy game. Uh, and, of course, we've got that whole thing going on. It seems to be running through this week of ex-players coming back. Uh, Alexander Kleb will most likely play for Birmingham. Are you worried that he might actually find his shooting boots? <laughs> well, that would be Sod's law, wouldn't it? It sure would, yeah. I mean, he's already scored for Birmingham, I think, and he's started quite well there. They'll be looking to bounce back because they lost a very prolonged and significant home record. Um, so they're, although they're on the road this time, they'll be wanting to come back with a decent result. And I think they'll fancy their chances of you know, maybe nicking a point at the Emirates. I mean, they've got a very, very solid defence. They're extremely organised. And with adding Clare, they've got a little bit of flair, if not necessarily goal-scoring threat, in the final third. Uh, I think we'll have to be much better than we were certainly against West Brom to beat them uh, infinitely better in fact and I think if we can pull out a good performance and get three points any kind of three points on Saturday would be a positive result after two defeats you know where we should have at least taken probably four points from those games really mm. if we wanted to stay in contention we absolutely need to get the win and to do that we're going to have to you know we're going to have to improve and hopefully we'll have some players back in order to help us do that. Mm. Uh, no margin for error at all. And of course, in, in midweek, uh, talking about players coming back, it's Shakhtar Donetsk and Eduardo, who we mentioned in, in the line of those injuries, will come back and uh, it'll be nice. I, I suspect uh, if I had to put money on one of those two players scoring a goal against us, it, it wouldn't be Kleb. Um, 
uh, I suppose it, it depends entirely on what the result is. But uh, Eduardo's going to get a good reception from the fans because he never really had a good, uh, never really had a chance to say goodbye. No, he didn't. I mean, mainly because Arsene was seemingly so loath to select him uh, at the back end of last season. He was so out of sorts. Um, it's funny that we're pl- he's coming back in the week that we play Birmingham of all teams. Mm. But it'll be great to see him back, and I'm sure he'll get a really good reception. The more you know, the more time passes on. I think that moving to Shakhtar is a really positive thing for him, and their form in the Champions League has been excellent. I mean, they beat Braga very well in their last game. They're looking like a good side, and I think I think there'll be a really significant test for us actually. So that should be a good game. All right, okay, Gilberto Silva from Gunnerblog. We better leave it there. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. I'm sure at this stage you know where to find Gilberto Silva, but Gunnerblog.com is a good place to start. Twitter.com forward slash Gunnerblog. Give him an old follow or Facebook. I'm sure you can Facebook him. I don't know what it is, though. You know me and Facebook. I don't... Yeah. I'm there, but, you know, it's still one of those things. I see they made a movie about Facebook now with Justin Timberlake in it. This offends me on many levels. I don't quite know how to express it, but if there was a great big pile of umbrage in the corner there, I would take it right now and uh, smother Justin Timberlake with it. I don't like him either. And I particularly don't like him and Facebook. I mean, why are they making a movie about Facebook? Didn't see any movies being made by the guy that invented ICQ. Whatever happened to that? These are questions that need answering, you know. Before we kick on, here's some talk shite radio. And there's a slight problem on the M5 near Wolverhampton. The coach carrying the Wolves football team has overturned and spilled shit on both sides of the road. We'll have more traffic in an hour. Thank you very much, sexy Australian traffic girl. This is Talk Shite Radio, talking shite about sport 24 hours a day. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll have that exclusive interview, as promised, with Harry Redknapp, all about the art of skimming. If there's somebody who knows how to skim, it is Harry Redknapp. And you can sit there and pass judgment if you like, but we've all done it. You can't pretend you're whiter than white. Who amongst us hasn't skimmed? Gone out one day, come across a beautiful, placid lake and picked up a flat stone and see how many times you can skim the stone on the top of the lake. My record is five, but Harry Redknapp, he's the skimming master and he'll be in to tell us all about how it's done. Now, this week there's been a Twitter war. It seems that Robbie Savage from the BBC has been having a go at two of our very own presenters, Sex Pest Mentalist, Hello. And Darren Goff. Hello, cricket. So, Sex Pest Mentalist, what exactly has been going on? Well, Robbie said that he doesn't like my show, and I like said to him that I don't like his show either, and he should like shut up. He said that I know not about football, but that's not true. Cricket is a game played with a ball, so is football. So in that sense, they're very much the same. Well, we're nothing if not professional here at Talkshite Radio, and on the phone to give his side of the story is Robbie Savage. Hello, Robbie. Hello, lads. Robbie, what exactly is the problem with sex based mentalist and goffy? Twitter is it? You know, you come in and do five live and then talk shit radio and then colleagues come in and you know, coffee and I love me cricket player and you know, it's simple as that. Just a bit of water. You said some terrible things about my other Twitter and all along and you know, you come in and it's all around and then I'm going to get out to see my mum and she's all excited because Robbie Savage is giving hair to me. Oh, uh, yes, right. You put one in the door and then I've come in and I like spreading my cricket and I love the Jeffrey boy. 
boycott and everybody's going on about that and it's an I think that clears everything up very nicely and it just goes to prove once again that the only place to get quality football debate is right here on Talkshite Radio. Thank you, gents. We're going to take a short break. We're right back with Tony Pulis who explains why Ryan Shawcross is inspired by the Columbine school shootings. Talkshite Radio, talking shit about sport 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. Quality football debate indeed. It's like a meeting of minds, a great epic battle of wits. Collymore versus Savage. Yeah, how far the human race has fallen. It'd be like a brains-off between Sarah Palin and Dan Quayle. (sighs) Someday they'll look back on this and think, my God, what were these people like? Now, where's my alien sleigh boy to bring me an extra minty mojito? Oh, God, I wish I lived in the future sometimes. I think it would be good if we looked ahead to the football now and uh, the Birmingham game on Saturday. Well, there's uh, good team news, but not as good as I thought it was going to be because Cesc Fabregas is not back, which is strange to me. Arsene Wenger described him as very, very short, and he's not talking about his height. Uh, He's not going to play against um, uh, Birmingham on Saturday, unless the manager's playing mind games, but why would you play mind games with Birmingham, of all people? Um, And he says he has a little chance for Tuesday. But the funny thing is, we know Cesc nearly made the Chelsea game, and on his very own Twitter account, he said on October the 5th, which is what, 10 days ago now, he said, I'm fit and training with the team. If the game was today, I could have played, but it was two days too short, and I didn't want to take a gamble. And we all said, yes, well, that's fine, sensible. Even though we could have used Cesc against Chelsea, and maybe the result would have been different, it's better to get him fit and use the international break to get him fully up to speed. And I've seen pictures of him on the training ground with Robert Perez, standing laughing, just at the sheer joy of being on the training ground with Robert Perez. So I don't know quite what's happened there or why he is out. Um, But it's a bit disappointing, I have to say, because I was expecting him back. And I think we need him back sooner rather than uh, later. Um, Other players who are out... Uh, Vermaelen's going to be another 10 days, apparently. Bakary Sanya, another 10 days. Almunia, a question of days. And Van Persie looks to be a bit longer. So, uh, Robin's injury is stretching out a bit more. We've had a tendency, I think, in the past to bring Van Persie back quite quickly. Or certainly, he's had a tendency to say, I'm fit, and then breaks down again. So, maybe they're being very cautious with him. Maybe the injury's just a bit worse. Uh, but, with Van Persie still out, we've got Nicholas Bentner back. And the manager says uh, he's in the best shape he's been in for a long time because a, lo- a lot of the time through last season, uh, he was carrying a, uh, a groin injury. And the groin injury appears to be gone. Also back in the mix, Kieran Gibbs, which is good. And Theo Walcott will face a fitness test uh, to see if he's going to be involved on Saturday against Birmingham, who will be a tricky game. We uh, perhaps underestimated West Brom, didn't play well on the day and got punished. And Birmingham, we know our difficult team, kind of fell apart at their place last season. Um, and we've got the whole returning player thing going on there. Alexander Kleb comes back. Bit of a strange journey, you have to say, 
Arsenal to Barcelona to Birmingham. Yeah. He's one of those guys who thought the grass was greener on the other side and found out not only was it not green, it was kind of all yellowy and pus-filled and oozing. That was the kind of grass he landed on. And uh, I can't say I have a great deal of sympathy for him. I don't hold him in any great um, ire. You don't hold somebody in ire. What do you hold them in? A bucket of boiling water? No. I, I harbor no great uh, ill will towards Kleb. At all. Kind of indifferent to him. Until such time as he scores against us, at which point I will hate his guts. But I think that's, uh, that's only normal. Uh, but you've got to be looking at the team uh, bouncing back from the two uh, defeats in the league. There is no margin for error, as we were talking about with Gilberto Silva earlier. Uh, Chelsea seven points ahead. We simply can't afford to drop any more points. We've got to win a series of games uh, to get ourselves back up the table. Hope that they'll drop points and just get ourselves on a bit of a roll. I think we're capable of it, but um, we've got to play a lot better than we did against West Brom in our last home game. And then midweek, it's Shakhtar Donetsk, and we'll be welcoming back Eduardo, a guy, as we said, never got a real chance to say goodbye to the fans and the fact that his Arsenal career ended in the way it did was very sad uh, for us and for him and for everybody at the club, I'm sure. And uh, while we all wish him a tremendous amount of goodwill and uh, all the best for his career, on Tuesday, I'll be hoping that uh, his predatory instincts were more like the predatory instincts of a bear in hibernation. Are bears predators? Really? They're not. But at the end of his Arsenal career, he wasn't so much predatory as kind of, well, I'm going to lie there and hope some food drops into my mouth. Whereas before he was all action and, you know, sniffing out the chances and making chances and scoring goals. And I, I really need to work on my metaphors a bit before the next Stars cast. Um, speaking of which, the next Stars cast is next week. And that's really about it for this Stars cast. Uh, because there isn't a great deal to talk about. It's a little bit shorter than normal, but never mind. Uh, I'll talk to you all next week on the blog, all weekend on the blog, of course, as well, and on next week's Arsecast. So until then, take it easy. Here's the three points of the weekend. Talk to you on next week's show. Cheers. Bye-bye. Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, fifty-two weeks a year, ten years a decade, one hundred years a century, one thousand years a millennium. This is Spy News on the Hour, every hour. Good evening, welcome to Spy News. The top story this hour, football managers have reacted with dismay to the comments made by Danny Murphy. Sam Allardyce has said he was... Very, very, very angry indeed, having listened to Murphy accuse his team of being deliberately dirty. Stoke City, meanwhile, have launched an all-out media assault to protect their image. And with us in studio now is Stoke City captain Ryan Shawcross. Ryan, you've listened to what Danny Murphy has to say. What do you make of it? When Shawcross hear Murphy... 
First Chakra sad, then Chakra's cry, but then Chakra's angry. Murphy bad man, Murphy bad. Ah, Shawcross hate Irishmen. Um, despite the surname, Danny Murphy is not Irish. Newsman stupid, all Murphy Irish. No, I can assure you he's actually played nine times for England. Newsman make Shawcross mad. Shawcross need find special place. Shawcross. Not Stringer! Newsman! Shawcross! Yeah. Oh, Newsman dead. Uh oh. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.